Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. All right, so the quote for this week is by Dr. Vivek Murthy, and it is, like thousands of others, we survived the storm and many dark days that followed because of the kindness of strangers who brought food, water, and comfort. It's a little quote by Dr. Murthy that I thought was relevant to today's topic, because humans, at the end of the day, are very good at helping each other out, or so we usually hope. Hey, Jim. Hey, Ryan. So, today's episode, we're going to get into a current phenomenon that is currently not only gripping our country, but also the world. And that is (laughs) crazed rabbits. Yes, crazed uh, raccoons, trash pandas. They're everywhere. Very, they're very active in all communities and at night. Yeah, they'll take your recycling for free. You just pay them and. With your soul. <laughs> okay, okay. But it's Sorry, actually... what, what are we actually talking about? It's actually about mask wearing and the craze phenomenon that has kind of arisen from mask wearing. So I, I wanted to start and just pose the question. Um, wearing a mask is not just an act of blocking droplets coming out of your mouth. It's actually a, it's a cultural social statement. And some people just get so mad and angry about it when it's such a simple, easy thing. Why is that, Ryan? Gosh, this question has been kind of haunting me ever since all this began. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, like you just mentioned, it is a cultural and social statement. Um, I I did a little bit of research and and some reading about, like, in the 80s when the AIDS pandemic kind of started Mm -hmm. with the gay community and how to stop the spread of the virus they were encouraging uh, homosexual people to wear condoms and people just wouldn't do it and and i think part of it is is because if you're told to do something um there there's a, a general i don't even want to say majority but there's definitely a group of people who are very easy to take that as mm-hmm. like oh okay yeah let's that's fine you know you're not asking too much of me this isn't really yeah it's changing the way that i interact with my environment but so I think it's 
as far as why people are not doing it, uh, it, it is a statement, you know, it's a, it's a, you won't keep me down. Don't take away my freedom. Uh, and also mm-hmm. a partisan alignment. Um, right. There's, there's been a, a pretty visible population of people in a lot of the places where the coronavirus is surging right now in cases, they're fairly conservative parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like it is, from what we've seen, it's a very like left versus right issue. It's a, the government control on the left and on the right, the resistance to government control. What, so what do, you, what do you think is the, so if you're obviously against it for political reasons uh, and people don't want to listen to arguments about why it's beneficial for people, for other people, um, what do you think is, is a solution to get people to wear masks that don't want to? And is it even worth pursuing? Well, I think, like, officials and, quote-unquote, like, the government can tell you to wear a mask as much as they want, and that will actually make, like you said, make people resist it even more. But what I've seen is the mask usage has gone up in, like, when people, like, at the grocery store or the general public, because other people are wearing masks. It's like this phenomenon, like, oh, well, everyone's doing it. So if I don't do it, even though I completely disagree with it, I am somehow that I'm going to be singled out in the social setting. You know, people are going to be like, oh, my God, he's not wearing a mask. So it's, it's almost like of... a social norm now than yeah. anything. Okay. And there's still people who aren't doing it. I've personally seen several. I, I've work in a restaurant and a hospital so I, I i see a i always wear a mask and i'm constantly seeing a population of people that usually is wearing masks but not always and so mm-hmm. like my what goes through my head when i see those people not wearing a mask just like a you you're not doing this because the government told you you're not doing this because or you're not, you're still not doing it, even though everyone else is doing it. Like, why? Like, what is this last bit of resistance that is keeping you from wearing a mask, even when everyone else around you is wearing one? How do you feel when you see someone not wear a mask? Uh, like, what goes through your mind? First thing, actually, oddly enough, I think it's just my personality. Um, I actually feel bad initially for them because i'm like oh my gosh like they like they're obviously standing out in the crowd and everyone is glaring at them and i'm like i i I, like that empathy i gotta feel all the little like it makes me cringe almost and then i get kind of like mad because it's it's so easy yeah it's just a little piece of cloth or you know, whatever else it's made out of. Yeah, that's definitely, I I can really relate to how those feelings come. I, I think for the most part, one of the missteps that's happened through this whole thing 
is the communication that's been sent out, even from mm-hmm. the, I would say the noter, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word to, to describe it, like, n- not notorious, but the more, more prestigious or respected sources like the CDC, the NIH, uh, CDC, I've heard people cite that the CDC hasn't even agreed on whether you should wear a mask. And if they have, that's a very recent thing. At first they said Mm -hmm. to wear a mask and then they said, you don't need to wear a mask. And then suggested. So I think, I think that's definitely been a part of it is that even more rational thinking people, they're like, there isn't even consensus in the scientific community that wearing a mask Mm -hmm. does anything. And so I think there's a little bit of resistance there for sure. Right. And I feel like they were, it was never a clear, like, you have to, like, it is law. You have to wear a mask in public. It was a recommendation for the longest time. Right. And, I mean, let's also, you know, call the kettle black when your own president isn't recommending that you wear a mask. <laughs> then it becomes he did, really... He did wear one the other day. So yeah, right. I guess but, that's good. But that's also <laughs> kind of one of those, like... I'm going to try to protect myself in this situ- very niche situation. But yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it for people who can be appealed to through rational thought is that not, not rational thought because everybody can be appealed to that way, but people that are on the fence about wearing it, not people that have firmly made up their mind. Like I'm not going to do that. Um, people that are on the fence about whether they should or shouldn't. Um, and then the other part of it is, yeah, I think there's definitely a, a component of alignment with your your people. Um, if your political party has said, don't wear a mask, that's solidarity. Uh, another thing that I've heard is people don't have any direct understanding um, of someone that they know that's had it the coronavirus. And so they're like mm-hmm. they're the government is just fear mongering and right you're you're appealing to people's uncertainty in this time when really there's not anything to be worried about right the people who are most concerned by it and uh are most passionate about you know social distancing and and mask wearing or whatever uh are the people who are around it and have also suffered from it, like losing a family member or a friend, or have had somebody who came down with it. Um, it's it, it's much easier to be worried about it and not believe it's a hoax when you've actually been directly affected by it. Hundred percent, completely so, agree with that. I mean, as as the cases rise, maybe that that will change. But, so, how do you think moving forward that we can do better? as a society and as a community with these types of things, like I'm not necessarily saying as in a pandemic, but something that's done for the social good of everybody involved. Um, Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what, um, what mask wearing is supposed to help with, right? Is it's not supposed to eliminate the coronavirus. It's supposed to Mm -hmm. slow down the spread of a very communicable disease. Well, if everyone wears one, you can, uh, drastically, drastically reduce the viral load in the environment, which, quick little science tidbit here, uh, <clears throat> depending on how much viral load you're infected with, 
can can decide how severely you get the virus. I mean, obviously, there's so many different factors like your immune system and the environment in which you work or live. But if you can keep that viral load low, then you you will see much less death as a yeah, result. Yeah, and that's a very worthwhile endeavor. Right. Why wouldn't you, if just wearing a little piece of cloth over your mouth could literally save lives. So at the end of the day, I guess that kind of prompts a, a follow-up question. And, and maybe the question I asked isn't great because it's a pretty loaded question, but um, <laughs> may, maybe along the lines of communication with this kind of thing, do you think that this type of situation where controlling and, and helping to mitigate a lot of the impacts of something like a pandemic is the responsibility Mm -hmm. of our direct government or should we be looking within uh institutions either within the government or something that's separate from a government institution for guidance and suggestions and those kinds of things because i mean let's be honest we're not going to be able to always rely on the leader of our country to be able to give us (laughs) the the proper scientific advice or guidance or or research that's needed um, to put you in a direction of, of safety and health. Right. Case in point right now. Um, I think this we're like, we as a nation are going through growing pains right now, like culturally and uh, socially. I mean, I, if we get another pandemic down the road, God forbid, um, Hopefully we can take all the lessons that we learn from this pandemic and go like answer that one much more seamlessly and unified. But honestly, I don't know. Like you either, I think you either do one of two things. You either have the next time something happens, or if we get a, a huge second wave for coronavirus, you either go full ham and basically do martial law where the government takes complete control or the government takes a more handoff approach approach and a lot of the other like health the health leaders of the of the country the hospital organizations the the i guess the pharmaceutical companies the universities all spread awareness and we and we use social media to come together because i i don't know like i don't think there's a clear cut answer to it but i don't think at least for the u.s because just the way our our as a country our mindset is unfortunately you can't you can't do government mandates like that it automatically like strikes a a bad chord with too many people yeah becomes becomes the quote-unquote hyperbolic fascist right um, communist yeah there there becomes some sort of control perception well um i think one thing that could be helpful to um to think about in that respect is would it be helpful to have some sort of coalition internationally um of something like the cdc um, where, where 
there well yeah who but but something that everybody right. will actually listen to because <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. who relies but, but the who also relies on international collaboration and cooperation and i feel like if our the leader of our country is not advocating for that relationship with other countries then how are we supposed to yeah Maybe, I think maybe something, maybe there can be a separate entity or an offshoot of the WHO that, or maybe there is, we just, just don't know, um, that will spearhead and lead uh, worldwide responses to pandemics. Um, but I, I guess really back to that initial question you asked, I just, I just thought of this, it's probably the most obvious one. Having good leadership, like having a unifying voice, I think is probably the most important thing going forward to another pandemic or a second wave. Yeah. Like if we're not unified on issues or we don't have unification at the top, like it's just good. like things like these, these controversial or made controversial issues will just like, uh, splinter people a thousand different ways and nothing will get done yeah because then you're kind of weaponizing or manipulating people's lives to give yourself political advantages or in this situation i think some sabotage you know i mean oh yeah i want to i want to burn everything to the ground and so that's my strategy is chaos and confusion and then Mm -hmm. anyway I, I don't want to get on a, of, a tirade about right. politics right now, about what's going on, right. but but I think it's relevant conversation to have. So yeah. that and, I mean, that's stuff, I wholeheartedly agree with you about the leadership thing, mm-hmm. and I feel like that goes through any crisis, right? If you have someone who who can say, "Let's put our whatever differences that we think we have aside," we're all kind of in the same situation, and we need to mm-hmm. look out for each other. I think even just saying something like that can be. And well, doing things that support that idea. Let's think back to, I mean, because could, we could call the coronavirus like a, a, a national disaster. Like, what? think back, I mean, I, I know you and I remember 9-11. Oh, yeah. And, like, there was, the country was so unified at that moment. Now, obviously, less unified over the war in Iraq that followed it. The leadership called for unification. Um, the support the, that we had for each other, I think, was yeah, yeah that the, just for each other on the we were in local local scale, yeah. That not just that, that that's a whole another topic, but it just proves the point that uh, the voice at the top, the person in charge, matters. Yeah, I mean, Very how much so? How different do you think? a situation like that would have been if we would have had the platforms for communication that we have now. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. that was that was 2001, which was hard to believe, 19 years ago. I know. Um, well. And I remember I was in fourth grade when that happened. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe I mean, I saw it on TV. Day. You know, like I saw the footage on the news network at TV. Uh, I, I, news network at TV. 
at the I think I was watching CBS or something, uh, and the, uh-huh. the teacher that I had at that point, he was like, "We need to turn on the TV for a second. Um, and then after we watched some of the footage, we were all, yeah, we were all excused for the rest of that day. But um, I think I think it would be far different. I think the amount of conversations that we're able to have about stuff now, any and everyone that has access to social media account or, I mean, mm-hmm. YouTube even. I mean, being able to put out your thoughts and feelings and like what we're doing with podcasting. I mean, yeah, your goal is not to have everybody listen to you. But I think at the same time, it's like you have power and influence on other people because of what you say and what you think. And if you if you have the opportunity to say something and you can and you influence the way somebody thinks or feels about what's going on in the world so anyway i i loaded the question for you but i'd love to hear what you think about how it could be different well um i would say i mean there'd still be conspiracy theory pop-ups everywhere um still is about that event actually um but I think people would have seen 9-11 happen in real time because of all the videos and the streaming. And that would have, I think that would have brought us even closer together and horrified us even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel like social media is such a double-edged sword. Like, it allows for instant communication and we can reach the far reaches of the world um, instantaneously. But the waters are always muddied by people with their own brand of thought on the matter. And it really, so much misinformation can lead to just complete confusion and then apathy. So bringing it back to our topic today, then do you think that social media has had an impact on whether someone will wear a mask or whether they won't? I think it actually, like, it's definitely, like, muddied the water for sure. But, um, because there's, I've read so many conspiracy theories online about, like, this is a control scheme. This is, don't remember Auschwitz, like, it's Bill how, Gates trying to infect Bill everyone Gates. with a microchip. Exactly. <laughs> and the conspiracy theorists are going to do their conspiracy theories. That's unavoidable. But I do feel that this is simply from my point of view. So it carries whatever weight. Um, that has been good overall because it's it's that that social phenomenon where everyone is doing it or most people are doing it don't stand out and don't don't be don't be against us kind of thing i don't because i've there's been so so many debates on facebook about people not wearing masks or wearing masks and i feel like at the end of the day it's it's been good Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's something that I really value about social media is the continued conversation, whether it's about masks or anything else. It gives everybody that has access to a phone um, and the Internet 
a platform to say what they think. And there are a lot of people that probably would argue that's not a good thing in all cases. But I feel like that's one of the reasons why we live in the United States. And that's one of the ideals that our country was founded upon is your ability to speak freely about, you know, whatever you think. Now, that's not to say that all ideas are created equally, because if you're talking about hurting or killing people and stuff like that, that's not helpful or productive or or good. Um, But but everything other than that, that's not defamatory of, of other people or I, I think even if it's something I disagree with, I still appreciate that um, we're not being censored in those kinds of things. Agreed. And, and that is a, that is a right that we should not take for granted either. And that, that is a rabbit hole. But, and I think we could probably have an entire episode about social media and like how how to actually sift through the stuff that you you really should take to heart and consider and think about and what maybe isn't necessarily as good of a, a thing to right. buy into on a daily basis. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, maybe that, so, that. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was just gonna say that I. Maybe our listeners could look forward to an episode about that whole topic, and we could even focus in on one platform too. That way, we could have a little more focused conversation about mm-hmm. it. But I, I think it's a very interesting dynamic with how we talk and have conversations. So, agreed. And I, I think that that topic has it. It's so relevant to our day and age. It's very much a part of our lives. Agreed. Well, um, I think we can uh, move on to the Be Kind segment, which we would say is definitely in reference to mask wearing, but it's not, we're not going to tell you to wear a mask, but more to be thoughtful around why people wear masks um, and why you wear a mask if you decide Mm -hmm. to, is that you're you're really making a statement about how you view what's going on in the world and your consideration and care for other people and if if you can't identify with a personal justification for wearing one uh, don't make it about something that's attached to who you are as a person make it about a just a behavior that you do if you don't identify as someone who's wants to have their freedoms or those kinds of things infringed upon, then don't make it about that. Frame it as this is just something that I'm doing in this time right now to, to help other people. But that, that's what we'd encourage. And Jim, if you have anything else to add. I said that very eloquently. Like it's at the end of the day, I mean, dropping all like the political and cultural affiliations. It's simply about protecting somebody else. Don't have to make it complicated. Exactly. All right. Well, that does it for today's Expand Your Mind and Be Kind segment. We're going to move on to the recommendation, and we'll see you all around. Keep calm and carry on. Oh, Jim. I am. Jim. I got news. Um, anyway, so uh, today's <laughs> recommendation is a cooking technique that I would like to share with all of you. Uh, this is something that 
I use when I cook pork tenderloin specifically. And it's a high heat, uh, turn the oven off method where you basically set the oven for 500 degrees. And you, uh, for the pork tenderloin, the rule is five and a half minutes per pound that you're cooking. And you, once the oven's preheated, you can coat the pork tenderloin in, in whatever you want, dry seasoning, and then you just pop it in the oven and you cook it for um, whatever time per pound. Uh, so if it's two pounds, you know, five and a half minutes times two, you do 10. Um, and then you just turn the oven off and leave the pork tenderloin in there for between 45 minutes and an hour. And you pull it out at the end, let it rest for five or 10 minutes. And then you have uh, a very juicy, tender, uh, delicious cut of meat. And you can saute vegetables, you can bake potatoes with it, however you want to do it. Um, if you're going to bake potatoes, I recommend you probably boil them for a little bit first so they're a little tender and then when they're in there in that high heat they can kind of crisp up a little bit um but yeah it's uh it's a very easy quick meal uh i say quick meal it takes about an hour but it's quick as far as preparation and everything else is concerned but very tasty stuff and also to give a shout out to jim um last week i actually had never made steak au poivre before and i tried it out and it was delicious uh did a few modifications to the recipe but it was awesome so so thanks for that recommendation Jim. <laughs> i'm glad you liked it man it's it's really it's decadent but yes no what is it tasty speaking of good. tasty though uh i have actually had this pork tenderloin recipe that you yourself have cooked that to this day and I am not bragging but I am is the best pork tenderloin I've had oh that's nice no yeah, no seriously oven like, does I, all I, the work <laughs> I remember <laughs> well thank you oven not Ryan yeah. no yep. uh, yeah no I that was I remember like eating it and then thinking what how did you brine it for 9,000 you slow cook it for two days like how did you get it so juicy and tender? And lo and behold, it was just a very patient, simple method that you had. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah it's very good. Appreciate that, though. Um, and and yeah, you can, like I said, you can use whatever dry seasoning you want. I normally do a little bit of oregano and salt and pepper, but you can put whatever you want on it. Um, make sure you uh, let it rest after you pull it out of the oven and you'll be good to go. And yeah, you can serve quite a few people with it too. Um, I, I normally serve Catherine and myself and we always have leftovers on just one pound. So, um, but anyway, that's the recommendation for the week. You feel free to try that out and uh, we will see you all in the next episode. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at ExpandMind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, And then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, 
It's uh, expand your mind and be kind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have. And uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>